I'm Mark Walsh, and coming up on today's show... To understand why this is playing out with a standoff between a Neil Young and a Joe Rogan, you really need to understand the role that a company like Spotify and its leaders are trying to carve out as a platform and what implications that has. We try to unpack that. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm the host, Mark Walsh. We're talking with Bennett Richardson today. He's the president and co-founder of Protocol, a partner or sister agency of Politico, the news source you've probably heard of. Protocol is hot. It's two years old. They cover technology. And Bennett talks to us about what it's like to cover a specific topic like technology, but go deep and learn more, both for our politicians, people using technology, people inventing technology, people funding technology. Guess what? Technology is everywhere. We know that. And Bennett and his team have a unique view on it. Here's our conversation. So if you think Politico, if you think other media brands, Protocol is the new one we're going to discuss today. We're very excited. I say new. Bennett, it's probably, what, two and a half years old? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Mark. Protocol is actually just this week uh, turning two. Excellent. So we launched um, February 2020. Great timing, launching a couple weeks before a global pandemic. Um, <laughs> but it's been a, been a wild and, and really fun ride. And we're uh, 60 people strong and you know, a few million readers and really excited to be with you today to talk a little bit more about it. So you tossed out all the stats I was going to try and eke out of you over the next uh, bunch of minutes here on what's working in Washington. But let's talk about the timing. So some might argue, and maybe you did to you and your team as you as you built it, and now you're a toddler or two, congratulations, that the pandemic would make news consumption grow. Have you seen that or not? We, we really did. And, you know, Protocol's focus on tech and on covering tech as a global power center really became front and center for, for all of us throughout the pandemic in a few different ways. One, we all started working from home, right? And the way that we were able to do that and the way that the economy and the world was able to still function was thanks to so many different technologies that let us, you know, video in and talk to each other and communicate and collaborate. So that was a huge focus of, of ours and I think became a real focal point, you know, for the for the company. Uh, in addition to that, digital transformation. There's so many businesses, big and small, who had really focused on that in-person side of a lot of different parts of their business, overnight had to figure out, how do I still make some money? How do I still grow and survive primarily online? And so that that digital transformation meant big things, both for those businesses themselves, as well as for those cloud and software platforms that were providing the tools to be able to do that. So a lot of different things happened, not to mention the election and the role of information and misinformation that played in the election and the role of different platforms there. So, so much over the course of the past two years have really reinforced our belief that technology is the new global power center that you need to cover with the same kind of rigor that you know, our, our sister company Politico has covered politics and policy with as that global power center over the course of the past 15 years. You say sister company. So what is your relationship to Politico, your former employer? Yeah, so I was at Politico for about seven years. Um, we launched Protocol uh, as a separate company from the publisher of Politico, Robert Albritton, as we said about two years ago. Um, the ambition there was really to take the Politico model and bring it to a new industry and a new space. What do we mean when we say Politico model? It's really a couple things. One, focused on insiders first. Mm -hmm. How do we create a publication that's not starting out as a mass media 
you know, focus, but really saying how do we add value for people making decisions in these industries? At Politico, that's politics and policy. At Protocol, it's really tech-centric, but this intersection of tech, business, and policy. A whole bunch of that intersection taking place, obviously, here in, in Washington. But bringing that same level of real actionable insights, trustworthy, nonpartisan, unbiased news and analysis that can just candidly help people do their jobs. And so that was our ambition, to bring that Politico DNA that was so successful at Politico and is still so successful over these, these past 15 years since Politico was founded, and bring that to a new industry uh, with tech, with, with protocol. That's the voice of Bennett Richardson. He is the president and co-founder of Protocol, an information service and brand focused on tech here, based here in Washington, D.C. Well, let's go there, because you use the term insiders first, which we love here at what, What's Working in Washington, a city that's kind of built on insider, insider behavior, and some, some might argue, um, and focused on tech. Obviously, Politico, your, your former home, has the geographical proximity to legislators that's so simple. Yet tech is a lot of places in D.C. but elsewhere. How do you sort of uh, balance that geographical proximity that Politico had with the tech world that ain't so uh, all here? We're a distributed team. We have a, a large team here in D.C., also have teams in San Francisco and New York, as well as a decent chunk of our workforce is remote in places like London, Seattle, Portland, and elsewhere. And so in part, it's, it's you know, geographic diversity of being able to cover those stories where they are. Um, but obviously, over the course of the past two years, that location mattered a little bit less with so many people in all of those places and elsewhere working remotely. And so it was really fascinating for me to have a front row seat for our journalists breaking news and doing their job from around the world completely remotely. And I think that that was a lesson for us that I think a lot of people learned uh, you know, in different ways over these past two years, which is that a lot of things can happen in this remote work, hybrid work environment that we didn't necessarily knew could happen before. And so it was really, uh, really enlightening and, and amazing to see that uh, new media brand, uh, news coverage develop and grow uh, in that really remote and now hybrid environment. Congratulations on the growth and your second anniversary uh, this week, I guess. But, you know, it just seems like a crowded market. What, what were some of the challenges you faced in establishing your brand and carving out an, office, uh, an audience? What, what was your proposition to, to a new customer? I assume you're subscription-based or whatever the, the version is. What was your proposition to sort of cut, cut through the noise? We're actually not, not subscriber-based right now. It's free to access and free to subscribe to. Excellent. So all your listeners can, yeah. can head over to protocol.com and, and subscribe. Uh, driven by partnerships and advertising today with plans to launch uh, paid subscription products in, in the future. But you're right. There's a lot of people covering tech. And a lot of people cover it in very different ways. And that is where we thought there was a lot of opportunity. When we started Protocol, and even today, we saw two real distinct camps. On one side, you had the coverage of tech as a traditional industry, stocks, products, CEOs, kind of coverage you'll get in a broadsheet newspaper, in a business publication. On the other end of the spectrum, you have very niche, insider, very technical coverage of maybe deal flow on the investment side or speeds and feeds and really getting into the technical side of the hardware and software itself. Neither of those are all that actionable or accessible for each other's readership. So Protocol felt like there was a third way, kind of in the middle there, where we wanted to build a publication that was actionable and accessible 
for the technical and non-technical executive and decision maker alike. And, and you know, as we talked about over these past two years, tech is on everyone's mind. Tech is no longer just the CIO or the CTO's problem. It's also what the CEO and the head of HR and the CFO and the CRO are thinking about as well. And so that risk and opportunity around technology is occupying all of the space in the C-suite and in the boardroom today. And so we felt like we could create something that was actionable and accessible kind of right in the middle there that wasn't too broad but also wasn't too niche and technical. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We're really excited about the audience that we're convening today in tech, business, and policy. It's starting to reinforce that we've really been able to carve out that, that lane. So what do you find if you're in the middle, which obviously is starting to work or is working, I should say, two years in, what are you finding where people want to go down the rabbit hole? So in the middle, they see X and they want to go deep on that. If it's a, forget the term, a protocol about technology that they need to get more, uh, more uh, uh, astute on, or if it's a broader topic, like I noticed, you know, recently we had a coverage of Joe Rogan on Spotify, uh, an interactive platform for entertainment and his supposedly content on it, which I know you guys and many others have covered. So two ends of the bell curve, do you find your users sort of going to each end and, and are you the provider of that deeper stuff? We do try and go deep. We're, we're not one of these publications that's only writing quick headlines or quick, you know, four or five hundred word summaries. A lot of our most popular stories are, are, you know, much deeper than that. And it really is because of that need, I think, to understand these issues at a fairly nuanced level. All of this stuff you mentioned, you know, Joe Rogan and Spotify, great example. It's messy. These are ch big, challenging, new topics and new challenges that both companies as well as governments are facing. And to really understand the impacts in those companies as well as, you know, more broadly to society, you need to unpack it. And so we try to create the space to do that. A great protocol story often provides a little bit of a, of a window into the future or a window behind the scenes, right? To understand why this is playing out with a standoff between a Neil Young and a Joe Rogan, you really need to understand the role that a company like Spotify and its leaders are trying to carve out as a platform and what implications that has. We try to unpack that for you. So bouncing around, and once again, we're talking with, with Bennett Richardson. He's the president and co-founder of Protocol, a media brand that I highly encourage you to go to because it's free. Someday there'll be a subscription. Right now, you, you can enjoy it. I know in your background, you worked in um, a company that was bought by Match.com, so, so a dating platform. I would argue, and this is a compliment. If it doesn't sound like one, I apologize to our listeners and you. I would argue that the, the, the quote, protocol, unquote, of building a place where people can find their mates, soulmates, date, whatever, is actually a tremendous marketing training ground. Have you been able, put you on the spot here, have you been able to use some of the lessons learned from that company and even the time at Match, if you stayed with it, as far as finding targets, reaching out to them, getting them engaged in, in, in your content and having them use you on a regular basis? Yeah, I was one of the uh, co-founder and chief marketing officer at Hinge, uh, Hinge. the dating app uh, Hinge. back in uh, in its early days, so was there and helped launch it. Uh, actually, here in D.C., so another Washington-founded company uh, that we launched and, and grew here in D.C. for for a number of years. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it was it was tremendous experience uh, for for a couple of reasons. Um, one, real focus. Yeah. And we talked about the insider focus of protocol. Hinge was successful because we didn't try to reach everyone all at once. We said we want to build a platform for serious relationships for young professionals. Got it. Starting somewhere very specific and then growing was really, really important for Hinge's success. It's also really important for protocol success. So I think that that focus on your target audience, 
super key. Uh, you know, and, and the other part I think is really understanding what's working with that target audience and using that data and that feedback to then inform your own growth and inform your own trajectory. And we were able to do that at, at Hinge to shape the product, shape the reach, shape the markets based on what we were seeing with the activity from those users. We try to do the same thing uh, at Protocol, really understanding who we're reaching and, and what they need to consume uh, in terms of news. Customer Focus, that's Bennett Richardson, the president and co-founder of Protocol. We're going to talk about how much money is sloshing around venture capital and tech when we return here to What's Working in Washington. Every week on What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a DC insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. It's What's Working in Washington. I'm your host, Mark Walsh. We're really excited to have with us today Bennett Richardson. Bennett is the president and co-founder of Protocol, a news and information service specifically focused on tech, but much broader that you should try out at protocol.com. Bennett, thanks again for being with us. It's exciting to talk about some of this stuff. Let's talk money. So um, I've spent a lot of time in the venture capital world and a lot of time in the technology world, and I don't know... I can never remember a time, even the last big bubble of 97 to 02 or 99 to 01, where there was so much money sloshing around ideas and startups and so many unicorns and decacorns. What are you seeing when you cover technology and when does the bubble burst if it is a bubble? Yeah, no, it's a great question. We covered this in our source code newsletter just the other day. Uh, and our, um, our fintech editor, Owen Thomas, wrote the lead story about how this might not be a bubble, but might be foam, or as he, he meant, a ton of little bubbles. Oh, foamy. I like that. Tech foam. So, like it. Yeah, I thought it was I'm a really interesting. That. You should. I thought yeah. it was a really interesting perspective because it's not as though there's one single bubble. There's so many different sub-industries, crypto, payments, cloud, software, things happening in the future of work. They're everywhere, right? There's dozens more. Climate tech, there's dozens more. And each one of them has... Because there is, as you mentioned, so much money. Each one of them has huge groups of investors, tons of opportunistic founders and startups. And so it's not as though you pop one and all the rest of them pop. Yeah. But they're, they're all they're all over the place. No, it, it really is amazing. And I think especially these past two years, you know, venture capital and investing was not immune to having to really change during the pandemic. Um, we, we wrote a story the other day about a, uh, a trend – that we called Loom Zoom Room, which was sort of the new uh, protocol, pardon the uh, the, the pun, yeah. uh, for, for a lot of startups raising money uh, during the pandemic. Loom, a really interesting startup uh, that was a video platform that allowed you to screen share and sort of talk over it and have your kind of face in the corner of a screen share. Yeah. A lot of startups, instead of that initial pitch, started sending out their own pitch as a Loom video, basically a deck with their, their head in the corner narrating it. That oftentimes almost served as the first meeting with a lot of investors. Right. Then got them into that Zoom call 
from across the country with those key investors in VC or, or angel investing, which then eventually led to that in-person, in-room. Loom, Zoom, and Room. Love it's it. A, a, amazing to think about how many probably hundreds of millions of dollars were raised with those kinds of virtual practices over the course of the past two years. Well, we've 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 discussed this with other guests at other shows, and I think my math is correct. It was $350 billion has been pumped into the venture economy in the last few years, which is a factor of six or seven what was pumped in in you know my experience of the of the last big bubble, the huge bubble, 99 to 01. And to your point, um, that was really about the internet as a platform. So it was almost like e-commerce plays on the internet as a platform, you know, from pets.com to socks.com and everything else, and both B2C and B2B and B2G and all that, all those B2s as, as, as we now know. So you're right. It was, it, I guess to your point, it was, it was a flat plane with things living on it. And your foam analogy, which I love, is silos that may have their own kind of lifespan, and their own demand for capital. It just seems like there's a, there's a whole lot going on. Well, let's touch on one you just mentioned, which is climate. You guys are doing something there, right? We are. We are. So we're launching Protocol Climate in early March, which is going to be our you know next biggest coverage area and vertical uh, weekly newsletter uh, led by Brian Kahn, who just joined us from Earther, which is Gizmodo Media's big climate and environment platform, um, covering really two main things. One, the emerging technology that's helping to solve a lot of challenges around climate and environment? And two, how is the tech industry itself reckoning with its environmental impact? So starting on the, on the first piece, we've entered this phase of challenges around climate change that really needs to be focused on action, right? We've all seen the headlines over the course of the past couple of years. So many countries, so many companies making massive commitments about when they're going to be net zero, when they're going to be carbon neutral, when they're going to be carbon negative, how many billions of dollars they're committing to solve that challenge. Great. Everybody's got their commitments out there. Now, how are we actually going to get there? Not sure all these folks know the answer to that question. So that's what we're going to try to unpack. We're going to try to look at where are companies, what are countries, what are startups doing that's actually starting to solve some of these climate challenges so that folks, again, as, as Protocol likes to do, can read this and really have it be actionable for, you know, in my government, in my company, what decisions do I need to make to start getting closer to that climate commitment that I've made? But that's interesting you just said in my government. And this is probably a place, I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, where Protocol's tech focus dramatically intersects with Politico's focus, i.e. covering legislation, be it local, national, global. How do you guys play nice with each other? How far do you go in covering legislative issues around tech versus them going from legislative issues into tech? Or is that an ongoing debate? I think they they complement each other really well. Yeah. Protocol's focus is, is tech, the tech industry, and technology first and foremost. So our coverage of policy and regulation, which we do have, we have a new three days a week uh, protocol policy newsletter that we actually just launched last week. Uh, we have a great team in, in that space. We're focused on those decision makers in tech. What do they need to know about what's happening at the state, local, federal, and international level to do their jobs? So that's really you know protocol's primary focus. Politico's primary focus, you know, is always really that political system, really covering what's happening on Capitol Hill, what's happening in the White House, what's happening in those agencies, primarily for a more, you know, D.C. and politically centric audience. And so I think they complement each other really well with us really taking that tech industry focus uh, and Politico continuing, obviously, to, to drive its influence in politics and policy. What's your sense of the tech? I mean, you know, we, we all, we've all seen the Mark Zuckerberg appearances before. 
Congress people where he sweats and things don't work out that well. It kind of reminds me of you know, tobacco companies and some of the airlines and all this stuff. What's your sense of how, and this is sort of writ large, what's your sense of how well tech, I'm for those listening in air quotes right now in front of the microphone, of how good they are at managing the lobbying process? I think that we're playing a lot of catch up right now. Right? I think there was, a, there was a long time where tech was sort of the darling, both of the media and of you know the political universe of you know in years past where maybe the energy industry or the financial system was really you know under the microscope for being the kind of the bad guy in the in the political conversations and yep. the regulatory conversations in the barrel as they say exactly right? in the barrel and I think we've moved very quickly into a phase where obviously that's changed and there there are places you know we we were talking about this on our source code podcast the other day um, there are a lot of fintech startups that would rather be thought of more like a bank. Than they would like a tech company. That's so, a sea, SoFi. That, exactly. It wants to that's, be a bank. That's a sea change. That's yeah. a sea change. And I think, folks, the fact that today a bank seems safer than a tech company from a regulatory risk perspective says something yeah. about, the, about the change that's happened here. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, I think that the tech industry has played a lot of catch up really quickly. I think that they're starting to do some you know, real efforts to self-regulate. But we've moved into a new phase. We really have. There, we're not debating about whether or not the tech industry needs to be regulated you know, anymore. That, the cries for regulation have become deafening from, from everywhere. I think what we've moved into is this new phase of how. Right? And there are a lot of different proposals around how do we get more um, descriptive and simple in terms of privacy and in terms of terms of service, all sorts of different proposals around how to do that. And I think that you know, within the next year or so, we're going to see some progress on that from, uh, from Capitol Hill. So you've started Protocol Climate. I would suggest, maybe you're seeing the same thing, hopefully, you agree with me, that the lack of information at the legislative elected official level and their staff around crypto has motivated you to start Protocol Crypto. Fair enough? You know, it's, it's definitely a big piece. And I think that one of the things that's been fascinating for me is that Protocol has attracted pretty significant policy audience. You know, yeah. It represents almost a third of our audience or folks in the larger political and policy community. And, and that's because we're a tech publication, not because we're a, we're a political publication. The, the kinds of stuff that, that folks in the policy world are reading on protocol are those more technical topics like fintech, like cloud and data, and really understanding what's happening inside these companies and inside these industries. And so I think that you know, that kind of coverage, like you said, crypto is one area that has a real you know, regulatory uh, concern uh, right now, and I think we're going to see some some movement on that this year as well. That is is you know front and center for our uh, crypto and fintech coverage. We're talking with Bennett Richardson. That's the voice of Bennett himself. He's the president and co-founder of Protocol, an information service accessible today on the web for free, which covers technology. So we're a little short on time, so I'm going to ask you a couple of meta questions. First is. Um, What's next for you? Are you an acquisitive company? Do you have, to be blunt, do you have the capacity, capital, wherewithal, energy to buy up smaller entities, or will you grow organically? What, what, what's your what's your play there? It's all on the table. So at the end of last year, both Politico and Protocol were acquired by Axel Springer, the German media conglomerate. They're great owners and have been been great stewards so far. Got it. Our ambition is to do a couple things. One, we're launching a bunch of you know, big new things at the beginning of this year. We already talked about Protocol Climate. We've also just launched Protocol Entertainment and Protocol Policy. 
So our goal for this year is to grow those, and we're looking towards subscription products next year in 2023. So that'll yeah. be really the next big phase for us are those professional services uh, and information that that you know dis- decision makers in those industries need to do their jobs. So that's that's what we're focused on is how do we continue to build that foundation of audience, of influence, and of partnerships that allows us to grow in that subscription direction in the future. So when I worked at AOL a gazillion years ago in the mid-90s, Axel Springer was a big partner of ours. And it's interesting that they remain a global player and purchase both Politico and Protocol. Final point before we get to our to our wrap-up question, truth. So what does truth mean in a news service? Are you finding that there are topics you cover where, like the arguments over critical race theory as a bad example, but those arguments that are going on at all sorts of places amongst citizens that have extraordinarily strong opinions on both sides of the fence – I would hope that tech doesn't have those kinds of emotional arguments about what is true versus what is not. But do you see that at all with your users, any of your the chat rooms or however you have user inter- interaction? Is truth or the argument over it hitting your world? You know, it, it definitely is. Obviously, the role of tech platforms in information and misinformation and this reinterpretation of what is true has been a huge topic of conversation over the course of the past couple of years. I think for us as a news outlet in this space – it's really important that we stick to our guns as yep. being a neutral, nonpartisan, unbiased outlet. And so that's for us. We don't do really any commentary. We, we don't see that that kind of editorial board type role is useful for the role we want to play. Yeah. And inside our business publication, we want to say, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing behind the scenes. But we're not we're not making a judgment on that. We're trying to call balls and strikes in those in those industries. Bennett Richardson, president, co-founder of Protocol. Bennett, our final question for our guests is, if you were king of the world for a day, a week, a month, what would you start or stop? I'll tell you what I would sort of start and stop, which is getting the rest of our lives up to speed with not even the Web3 or the, the future, but maybe a little closer to the present. It's been fascinating for me to see so many conversations about Web 3.0 and crypto and NFTs and all these crazy technologies. But then you go and you know maybe try to book a flight or book a hotel room. You ever look over the counter and look at some of the interfaces those folks are using? They look like they're from about 1992. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's really interesting to see we're talking about this evolution to Web 3, whole lot of parts of the economy that haven't even quite gone from web zero to web one or two. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, there's so many opportunities, whether it's from those little pieces of our daily lives and the way that we go about the world to big things like voting and elsewhere that have a whole lot of catch up to play. So that that would be my sort of digital transformation magic wand would be what are those things that we should be able to do with a couple of clicks on our phone that still take a whole lot of time and paperwork? So you're saying no metaverse, just verse. Just get us to the I'll verse. Take, I'll take the regular verse before, I like it. before we get to the metaverse. It's Bennett Richardson, the president and co-founder of Protocol, a Washington, Washington D.C.-based news and information service focused on tech, protocol.com. Bennett, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate you having me. Every week on What's Working in Washington, we talk to power players about innovation in the federal government and how business in the region is keeping us competitive. If you are a D.C. insider and want to know what leaders in other industries are talking about, we give you that insight. If you know someone we should be talking to on our show, let us know. We want perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. You can reach out through our website or through Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. The team behind What's Working in Washington is a great group. The executive producer and editor is Tracy Madigan. Online content, Anna DeGraff. And that theme music you enjoy, 
performed by the Sunbathers. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington on Federal News Network and streaming as a podcast.